Well, good morning, good morning. morning. Well, it's almost a good time to talk about giving after we have the covenant meal. Because you know that we're in covenant with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And to have the talk about giving because God is serious about our giving. He's serious about it. And today we'll be talking about the blessed life. And I I gleaned from a book called The Blessed Life by Robert Morris. And uh, in his book, let me, I'm going to read you a quote. He said, being blessed means having supernatural powers working for you. A blessed man may not be wealthy by the world's standard, but he enjoys the quality of life that most billionaires would envy. Blessing permeates every aspect of a person's life, health, relationships, work, family, emotions, and thoughts. Now, when you think about the blessed life, we're just not talking about money. We're just not talking about finances. We're talking about you as a whole being blessed in this land. And when, he, and when the author was talking about it, he was an uh, evangelist. And you know when you're a young evangelist, your whole being depends on God. Because you move from spot to spot, hoping that God will have provisions at that next spot for you. So as he started off as a, as, as a young evangelist, he was telling us about all the trials that he went through. And at every location, God met him where, he needed, where, where his provision had to be met. And when he went on to talk about it, how God would give them cars and, and God would, he would pull up to a gas station and pump the gas and walk inside and the person said, it's already taken care of. God told him to fill your car with gas. Or when his car broke down, someone would deliver a car to him saying, okay, God told me I need to bring you this car. And then as, as, as he went on, on you know, throughout, throughout his life, all these provisions was coming to him because he was a tither. And he believed what God would provide his every need. And then he got to the point where God would give him houses and God would give him cars. And at each point, God would say, okay, I want you to give this away. And without hesitation, he would pray about, okay, I'm going to give it to this person. And then he got to the point where God said, I tell you what, I want you to give away your car and I want you to give away your house. Then he got to thinking about it. He said, oh, wait a minute now. I got to think about this one. Uh, you thought about Satan, get thee behind me. Because <laughs> at this point, God asked him to give away everything that he had. But then he said, I did what the Holy Spirit told me to do. So he gave away his car and he gave away his house. Then he said, at this point, you know what, God? I think I'm at the point where I'm about to outgive you. Then he went on and God and a, and a man came up to him and said, uh, are you Robert Morris? He said, yes. He said, well... God told me to make sure you get to where you want to go anytime you want to get there. He said, well, you know, I just gave away my car. But God said, no. The man said, no. God told me to give you this airplane. Then he said, well, God, I guess I didn't outgive you. Because all his provisions were met. Because at this time, he had had moved up into the ministry, and he was was going to place and had to get there in a hurry. And the man said, don't worry about the pallet. I'll pay for it. Don't worry about the maintenance on the plane. It's taken care of. Everything is taken care of. The only thing you say is where you need to go, and I will get you there. So, see, God will meet our provisions where we need them. The only thing we've got to do is be faithful in, in, in our giving and be faithful in what we're supposed to be doing. So today, if you have your Bibles, if you don't have your Bibles, your iPod, your iPad, put your hand over your heart where God has written the words, and let's make this declaration of faith. I am not a doubter, 
I am a believer. And I'm not moved by what I hear. I am not moved by what I see. I am not moved by how I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe. And I believe the word of Father God. And this Bible that I hold is Father God's word. I am who Father God said I am. I can have what Father God says I can have. And I can do what Father God says I can do. Father, we thank you for this time. Father, as your word go forth, Father, land on good soil, produce food in our lives. That your word is received on this day, Father. Because a lot of times when you talk about finances from the pulpit, Father, it goes, it, it goes in one ear and out of But today, today, your word will produce fruit in our lives. And Father, we thank you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. I want to go to Deuteronomy 14 and 29. And I will be reading out the King James Version. I want to go through these these scriptures really quickly because I want you to see one thing. I'm going to pull up five scriptures. I want you to to glean from the scripture one piece of it. And down at the bottom where it said, That the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thy hand which thou doest. Deuteronomy 15 and 10. Last one, God shall bless thee in all thy works and all that thou puttest thy hands unto. Deuteronomy 23 and 20. God may bless thee in all that thou settest thy hand to do in the land which thou, thou goest to possess it. And in Deuteronomy 28 and 8. The Lord shall command the blessings upon thee in, the, in thy storehouses, and all that thou saidest thou hand unto. And in Deuteronomy 28 and 12. And to bless all the work of thy hand. See, God has already promised to bless us in all that we do, and all that we put our hands to, that he will bless it. But in order to do this, we must follow the word, and we must do what God says do when it comes to giving. And our first thing is, God is always first. And whatever we do, we have to put God first because he's a jealous and consuming fire. God won't know, he, he, said, he, said, he said in the commandments, I want no other God before me. So when, 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 whatever we do and whatever place that we are in our walk, we have to put God first. And the first principle I want to talk about this morning as living the blessed life is the principle of firstborn, first fruit, and the tithe. A lot of times when you talk about the tithe, you know, you get to the tithe, of, a lot of Christians will sort of push that to the side, say, oh, wait a minute, I'm under grace now. Tithing is not under grace. But you know, I feel comfortable talking about finances here on this body of believers, but you are givers. You are givers. So it's a comfort level for me talking to you about finance and, and, and talking about the God, uh, God way, God ways of giving. But we have to take first things first. The first thing is first fruit, firstborn, and the tithe. You know, in the script there are nearly 500 verses on prayer. 500 verses on, 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 on faith. 
But you know, it's over 2,000 verses on money and possessions. Over 2,000. So it's something God wants us to have. It's something God wants us to know about. And Jesus talked about money in 16 of his 38 parables. He talked about money. So it's something in the body of Christ that we need to get serious about. I'm going to skip ahead. You know, um, in a survey that was taken back in 1998, and of the believers, of the income that they was bringing in, it was only 1.7% that was given to the church. 1.7%. Now just think, if you talk about the tithe and you talk about offering, if the tithe is 10% and not, not counting what you give in offerings, where would the bite of Christ be if everybody were faithful on their giving? Just about where would we be? It's a faith walk. Okay, right now I want to go down to Exodus 13 and 2. I'm going to go through a lot of scriptures because I want y'all to get this. When we talk about the tide, I want you to get this in your spirit. Exodus 13 and 2. Sanctify unto me all the firstborn whatsoever opened the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. You can't get any clearer than that. God said, whatever opens the womb is mine, whether it be beast or whether it be man. Whatever opened the womb is mine. Go to down Exodus 13 and 12. Start at 12 verse. That thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that opens the matrix. And every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast, the male shall be the Lord's. Verse 13. And every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck. And all the firstborn of man among thy children shall be redeemed. So it's only two ways you can go. You either be sacrificed or you be redeemed. There was not a third option for God. The third option was in, like say in Star Trek, you cease to exist. Because if you were not redeemed or sanctified, like I said, you break the neck of the unclean thing. So there's only two ways you can go. And let's think about when, 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 when we're sacrificing, because if, 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 if you were, um, let's say, an unclean beast that, 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 was, that, was, that broke through the matrix, you, either, you couldn't sacrifice because it was unclean, so you had to redeem that. And, most of, and you had to redeem it with an unblemished lamb. Because when you talk about a donkey, you talk about a goat, they, they, they were needed animals in that time. So in order for you to keep that, you had to redeem it with a lamb. Or you had to break the neck. And then we think about John the Baptist. When John the Baptist was standing in the river and he said, Behold, come the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Then we, when we put all that together, we know that God is giving his tithe because you know, he said, he said in scripture that Jesus came while we were yet sinners. And see, God gave his son in faith. Not knowing whether we we're going to say, okay, I accept Christ. He gave his son in faith. 
And see, God gave his tithe, and the first belongs to God. We find this throughout God's word. And we give God the first of our time. We give him the first of our, 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 our fruits and our finances. We give him the first. You know what tithing really is? When you think about it, it's giving God our first without knowing what's going to follow. Because see, in the old days when God said, when the lamb was born, and he said, give me the first, you didn't know how many more lambs going to be born of that sheep. You have no idea how many are going to be born. But what it was, it was on faith. You're giving it on faith. Knowing that if the, because the first redeems the rest. So when you give your first fruit, everything you have after that is redeemed of God. He redeems it. So we give, we give God our first. We give him the first of our time. We give him the, 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 the first of our labor. We give him the first of our finance. We give it to him first. Because a lot of believers, what they would do, they believe in giving. But what they would do, they would get, pay all their bills first and give God the residual. That's not how God operates. He's too big a God. He said, I am first. So, you know, when we give our tithe, we step out on faith and we say, God, I'm going to give to you first. Before I look at anything else, I got to pay you off first. And then from that point, God redeems the rest. That's why your money goes so much further when you tithe. Because everything is redeemed through God. I want to go to Exodus 23 and 19. It reads, the first of the first fruits of the land thou shalt bring unto the house of the Lord, of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not see the kid in the mother's milk. Proverbs 3 and 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance, but the first fruit of thy increase. So thy bonds will be filled with plenty, and the presses shall burst out with new wine. See, God is telling the Sarah that the tithe belongs to him. And what did he tell you to bring it? To bring it to his house. It don't go anywhere else. It don't go to tell an evangelist. He said, bring it to his house. And this house is where you serve. Bring the first fruits to the house of the Lord. And a very familiar script I'm going to go to, Malachi. And if we get to Malachi, people say, okay, don't beat him up with Malachi. I, I read Malachi. I know what Malachi means, but do we really know what it means? So I'm going to go to Malachi 3 and 8. And it says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even the whole nation. See, this is where a lot of believers would say, oh, no, we're not under the curse. Say, Jesus has redeemed us from the curse. We're no longer under the curse. But let me ask you something. God, Jesus also redeemed our health. Have you been sick since you became a believer? 
He also redeemed our finances. Have you been broke since you have been become a believer? See, all these things that Jesus redeemed that still come upon us when we do not put the principles and the laws of God in place. All these things still can come upon us. So even though we were redeemed from the curse, if we're not following the word of God, his laws, and his principle, those things can come back on us. So that's why each and every time we have faith to believe that when we give, that God has our back. And you know, don't fall, don't, don't fall on that trump card because you know, believers, that's the first trump card they pull out. Oh, I'm under grace. I'm not, no, no, no longer under the law. And we'll get into that later. Because if you're under, if, if you're under grace, then whatever you do should be way above the things you do under the law. Because you know, in, 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 in the Old Testament, when it said, thou shalt not kill, but Jesus said, you should not go to the bed with all in your heart. And it said, it said thou should not, thou, thou should not uh, do fornication. But Jesus said, if you look upon a woman, you've already sinned. So whatever we do under grace is far above what we would have done under the law. So if you think about tithing is not under the law, then you should give more than the tithe. Oh, let's get away from that. Okay. <laughs> so have you ever wondered why God accepted Abel's offering and not Cain's? Have you ever wondered about that? Because I thought about that a lot. I said, wait a minute, Cain came just as just Abel did. Let's go, I, I, I want to read that. Let's go and take a look at that. Genesis 4 and 3. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the, of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought the first of his flock and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. And Cain was wroth, and his countenance fell. When I started going through this passage of Scripture, I said, well, what is the difference? What is the, the difference between what Cain gave and what Abel, Abel gave? But it's right staring me right in the face when it said, and Abel also brought the firstling, the firstling, his first fruit of his flock. He brought the first fruit, the firstling of his flock. And then I looked at Cain's, I didn't see anything about the first fruit. I didn't see if he brought God his best. The only thing it said that Cain brought the fruit of the ground. But God received Abel because it was his first fruit. And that's what God receives from us, our first fruit, our tithe. I'm going to Leviticus 27 and 30. I'm reading a lot of scripture because I really want you to get this in your spirit. Because when you get the tithe in your spirit, then everything else will fall in place. Because we have a problem with the tithe. Believers have a problem with the tithe. They're saying... Why do I have to give God 10%? Well, God gave his best, and he's only asking for our reasonable. That's all he's asking for is our reasonable. So when you get, when you get in your spirit how important the tithe, how important the first fruit, and how important the firstborn is to God, then you won't have a problem out of giving. 
I want to go down to the Leviticus 27 and 30. And it reads, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord. It is holy unto the Lord. It is holy unto the Lord. See, the first fruit is consecrated unto God. Remember in the Garden of Eden? That's why, that's why I'm going to get to that later. But remember in the Garden of Eden when, when Adam and Eve was there and God said, all of the garden you may partake, everything in the garden except that tree in the midst of the garden. Death was set aside and consecrated unto God. So way back in the Garden of Eden, the tithe was established. Because God said, debt is set aside for me. Debt is consecrated unto me. You can have everything else in this garden. You can have all the fruit, everything in the garden, except for that tree in the midst. Because it was consecrated unto God. See, God doesn't need us to give. He don't need us to give. But you need to be blessed. God don't need our money. But we need, we need the results of giving. Because if we don't give, God has nothing to multiply. So we're saying, man, I ain't got no money to give. If you don't have anything to give, you know, you know what? Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. So if you don't give, God has nothing to work with. You know, if we just give faithfully, we can take back and establish God's covenant on this earth. If all the body of Christ just gave faithfully according to the word, there won't be hunger. There will not be a need. When God say take care of the widow, take care of the homeless, it would all be done. If the body of Christ gave faithfully. All right, let me get the tithing under the law and under grace. All right, this is where I'm going to really let you know that tithing was established way before the law was ever thought about. Thousands of years when Abraham tithed the Melchizedek, way back in the garden with Adam and Eve, so tithing was, tithing was not established under the law. Tithing was established at the beginning of time, and tithing would go on to the end of time until Jesus come back. And I'm not sure we'll not be tithing when he gets back, when we establish the new earth. I'm not sure. I, don't, I can't find any word. I don't know. We'll probably be tithing back then, when he comes back again, when we occupy the new earth. We'll still probably be tithing. Let me ask you a question. If something was right under the law, is it now wrong under grace? You think about it. Like I described before, if the, if, if the, if the word under the law saying um, you shouldn't kill or you shouldn't steal or you shouldn't commit adultery, because we're under grace, 
Is that now wrong? No, you still shouldn't commit adultery. You still, still shouldn't kill. You still shouldn't destroy. See, Jesus said, I came to fulfill the law. He didn't come to destroy it. He came to fulfill the law. So all those things that was under the law is still in place, but we just do more with because Jesus, Jesus left us with a higher standard. Jesus left us with a higher standard. So those things under the law didn't pass away. Remember, Jesus took all that stuff that was under the law, all that stuff that was given by the prophets, and he put them in two commandments. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. If we follow those two commandments, then everything that was established under the law, everything that was taught of the prophets would still be in place. We just held at a higher standard. You know, a tithing is really a test for every believer. I'm going to go back to Malachi again. Malachi 3 and 10. Bring all your tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine. And prove me here with it, said the Lord of hosts. If I would not open the windows of heaven. You know what? It's only one other place in the Bible where God said he would open the windows of heaven. You know where that was? During Nora's flood. When he said, I will open the windows of heaven. And he poured out so much that the earth could not contain it. Because the earth was flooded when he opened the windows of heaven. And in this scripture, he's saying that prove me now with it, said the Lord, the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. So this is a test for the believers. Because it's the only place in the Bible where God says, test me. Or try me. The only place in the Bible where God said, try me. The only thing you got to do is try me. Try what, what, try what I said in the scripture. Bring your tithes and offerings. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven. You know, me and my wife was, was in the military. And uh and we was overseas in Okinawa. Now the ones in the military probably know what I'm talking about. My wife had 18 years in service. And she came in one day and said, I'm getting out. I said, what? She said, I'm getting out. I don't want to be in the service anymore. Said, Girl, you got 18 years of service. What do you mean you getting out? I mean, for two more years, you get paid for the rest of your life, and you're not going to sacrifice two years because you're mad at something that's going on right now? I said, oh, no. <laughs> we need to take this back to the drawing board. But she was adamant about getting out. So I had to convince her that, you know, that wasn't the right thing to do. Right now, it'll take an act of Congress to throw you out of the military with 18 years in. And she wasn't at a service limitation. She was an E-7. Uh, you seven go up to 22 years of service. So you went that service limitation. Oh, no, let, let, let's think about this. There's no need to get out. But two years later, she did. And we was over in Okinawa. And at the time, we were just doing, going to church, doing what church folk do, pay our bills, 
And at the end, all right, baby, how much we got to give to the church? Okay, we'll give them that. That's what we were doing. Then the pastor talked just like I'm doing now on tithes. So we got back to the house and said, look, you know what? We need to try God to see what he'll do. And at the time, I think we were $30,000 in debt, $32,000 in debt. And my wife getting out of service. And here I am, then I'm the only one bringing money in. But we decided to try. So that very next week, before we got our check, we wrote out our tithes and we wrote out our offering. And God gave us a little plan. So we were faithful in giving our tithes first. And Trace had started a business called Lily of the Valley. It was a hair and beauty products thing that wasn't, wasn't in, in Okinawa, you, you, couldn't have, you didn't have access to all the stuff. So she started that little business. And I said, uh, we went through the paperwork and did everything we needed to do up at the head, headquarters building. And I was thinking, in my, thinking, I said, you know, the PX can probably be the one to come to shut us down because we're selling products on Okinawa. But this is how God works. When we start giving our tithes and our offering, and he said he would rebuke the devour on your behalf, you know what? The PX became our biggest customer. Can you believe that? The PX became our biggest customer because he rebuked that devour on our behalf. And when Trace started that business, and I know, you know, when they start a business like that, they don't tell you that you got to do all the work. So here I am, I would run down the post, I'll pick everything up, you know, and I get back in the house, put it in the computer, put the label on all the products, and it became a big business. And one day I was sitting in the office, I said, uh, you know, Tracy, we, the business had been going about seven, eight months. I said, do you know that you ran $100,000 worth of products through this little room in our, in our apartment? $100,000 worth of product." on something that, see, God would give you things when you, when you are faithful in tithing and when you are faithful in giving and God said he would give you those witty inventions, that's what he gave her. Or that's what he gave me to work with because I did all the work. But that's what he gave her. But you know what? In two years, when we decided, when we decided to test God, in two years, we had paid off $32,000 in debt and what, had $10,000 in the bank. See, that's what God does when you trust him. And see, that's all tithing is, is trusting him. Say, God, I'm going to give mine in the front, but I'm trusting you that everything that I have, that I'm obligated to, that you would take care of it. That's our test. It's a trust that you're going to give and give faithfully. And God said, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you will not have room enough to contain. You know, a lot of times when we give, we're looking for saying, okay, God, we give. But God said in his word that blessings will overtake you. So you don't have to look back. The blessings will overtake you. I think I said a couple weeks ago, you know, your rearview mirror, you're saying uh, objects appear closer than they are or something, something similar to that. See, that's where our blessings are. They're closer than you think they are. The only thing you got to do is not look back. Just keep going forward and they will overtake you when you do the thing that you're supposed to be doing. You know, I'm going to skip forward here a little bit because we want to 
You know, I was reading the other day, and uh, well, there's one thing I do want to cover. I want to cover the principle of multiplication. Because I think a lot of times we have to know how God multiplies things. You know, when you think about the, when he fed the 5,000, the disciples on the hill saying, okay, Lord, you know, it's getting a little, getting dust dark here now. I think you need to disperse these people so they can go eat and you know, find a little something to eat. But Jesus said, I tell you what you do. You find me what we got here and divide them into troops of 50. So the disciples went about their business and they came across one little kid that had five loaves and two fish. He said, Master, this is all that we can find. Jesus took it. He blessed it, gave it to the disciples, and said, go feed the multitude. And when the disciples finished feeding 5,000 men, when you count women and children, there might have been 15,000 folk there. When they finished feeding the multitude, they had 12 baskets still full of food. 12 baskets. You know what happened? God can only multiply what he blessed. And he can only bless what you give away. He can only multiply what he's blessed. And we bring our, our, we bring our tithes, God said, I'll bless it. We give our offering, we give something away, God said, I will multiply it. See, a couple, of weeks, a couple of weeks ago I said that you have the purpose in your heart and pray about what you're going to give. We don't have to pray about the tithe. The tithe belongs to God. When we give a tithe, we're just giving God back what belongs to him. But God blesses and multiplies the offering. That's why you need to pray and purpose in your heart what you're going to give in your offering. Because that is what God multiplies. He said the first fruit blessed the rest. The first fruit set aside the rest. So that's how God multiplied our giving. He multiplied giving the, the tithes, open the windows. Your offering, God multiplies because you're giving it out of faith. You know, they said that Las Vegas was built on losers. But Las Vegas was built on hope. I'm not, con I'm, I'm not condoning gambling, don't get me wrong. But you can find one person saying, I'm going to Las Vegas to lose my money. You're going to Las Vegas with hope that you will multiply your money. So Las Vegas was built on hope. So, you know, we have to come with the thought when we give in Hebrews 11 and 1. It said, now faith. See, when we give, we got to think about now. Don't think about what we gave last week. We're talking about now faith. Now faith is the stuff that things hope for. When we give, when, when we pay our tithes and our offering, we're hoping for a thing to happen in the future. We're hoping for it. Because we give it with an expectancy. And we pray with an expectancy. When we give our tithes and offering, we give it with an expectancy. Or oh, in Mark eleven twenty three, it said, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his mind, but believe that those things that he said shall come to pass. When we say that scripture, what do we get? We get what we believe. Because the scripture said that he shall receive what he believed. What he said, cast into the sea. 
And you will receive what you believe, not what you say. But both of those have to go hand in hand. Because you have to say and then believe. Just like salvation. You have to speak it and believe it. And just like our giving, we have to speak it and believe it. But when we give our tithes and our offering, we give them in faith. No one say, God, I am giving my tithe. I'm giving my offering. Because you said in your word that you will open the windows of heaven to me. You said in your word that you will pour out a blessing. You said in your word that you will multiply my giving. So I give, Father, not to receive and hoard, not for filthy manner, because you can have all the money in the world and buy the biggest bed in the world, but you can't buy a peaceful sleep. You can buy all the medicine in the world, you can buy the doctors, but you cannot buy healing. Those are things that God gives to us because we are faithful in the things that he has put in his word. So today, I'm glad Pastor TJ gave me this opportunity. You know, because I get excited when they talk about giving. Now, I get excited because can't no one tell it like I can. You know how the testimony say, can't nobody tell it like you can. Can't nobody tell it like I can what God has done for me because I know. I know. So when it comes to giving, I get excited. One time Tiffany sent me an email. It was about down and I don't know where it was, but, these, but they, were, they were receiving an offering. Man, you should have seen these folk. I mean, they were cutting flips and cutting somersaults and dancing in the aisles and bringing that offering up to the front. Because they were glad to give. Because God said he loves a cheerful giver. I mean, we can't give because, oh man, I got to give my offering. Guess what? You just lost your blessing. You just lost what God going to multiply to you because you're giving out a need. You're giving out a necessity because someone needs you to give. God said, don't give out a need. Don't give out a necessity. He said, give out of love and give with kindness. Give with cheer because that's what he can bless. All right. Uh, we're going we're gonna to receive our offering now. We have the ushers come forward. Do anyone need an offering envelope? Offering envelope or a pen? Okay, brothers and sisters, don't, when I leave here, don't throw stones at me, you know, because a lot of times when you talk about finances in the church, man, people really get upset about it. But you know what? Pastor TJ, we, 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 we spoke on communications. Pastor, GJ, Pastor TJ came out a couple weeks ago. He spoke on sex. And now we're talking on money. <laughs> Those are three things that sort of, sort of hush-hush in the church. Communication, sex, and money. But they have to be talked about. Because you know what? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. If you never hear the word, you'll never have faith for that thing. So anybody need to offer an envelope or a ink pen? All right, let us pray. Father, we are believers. And Father, we do believe your word. Father, we take this word today and we hide it in our hearts, Father. That will produce feeling life because we know that the tithe and the first fruit is important to you. 
And Father, what is important to you is important to us. So Father, we give not out of form or not out of fashion, but Father, we give out of love and we give out obedience because we know that you are more than able to produce and more than able to confirm your word. And Father, we just thank you for the opportunity that we have to give. We thank you that you have given us seed to sow. And Father, we sow our seed with the hope and Father, with the expectancy that we will get a return. But Father, when we receive that return, we give it right back into the kingdom that we can establish your covenant on this earth, on this day. And Father, we just love you. And we adore you. And Father, we thank you that you are our God and you are our Lord. And then you gave yourself for us. Father, you gave your tithe. You gave us your son when we did not deserve it. When we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. And Father, it's just our reasonable service that we can give back to you what is already yours and to sow into your kingdom that we will receive, that, that we will reap the benefits. And we just thank you, we bless you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Also, you may serve God's people.